listening to the Embassy Church Podcast. And here is today's message. As we were singing that song, the, the scripture came into my spirit from be strong and of good courage for the Lord is with you and then the part that I felt like strong in my heart wherever you go wherever you go the Lord is with you wherever you go be strong be of good courage for he is with you wherever you go there isn't so far that you can get that you're out of reach from him felt like there's some that feel like I I'm so far away or even some who feel like my heart is so far away that maybe even in your own life it's like just you know that one scripture says like the cares of this world just my heart's become hardened He's with you wherever you go. The Bible says that those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. His ear is not deaf that he cannot hear. And his arm is not short that he cannot save. And so I just felt for some just, it's a turning Sometimes we think he's so far away we can't see him because we've turned this way. And he says, just turn, just turn back. Just turn this way. That there even being a turning of our hearts. Or even in the middle of hardness of heart of God, my, my heart. I don't, I don't know what's happened. And, or maybe I do know what's happened, but I don't know how to get out of this. I just feel like the Lord say, listen, turn back. When you call, I hear. He's faithful. Amen. Amen. Well, you can be seated. Thank you, praise and worship team. (laughs) We love them. Well, I'm excited for this morning because we've got two speakers this morning, and I have just absolutely loved... You can turn the lights on so I can see their faces, make sure there's people here. Um, I have absolutely loved having um, different people come and speak and hear their hearts and, and what God's speaking to them in the, in the moment, and I just love it, so... We're doing it again this morning, and this morning we have Aaron Bransko and Deanna Cathcart who are going to come and bring the word. Come on up. So, I'm excited. I know the wisdom and the revelation and the love for the word of God in both of them is very strong, and so I'm excited to hear. So, Aaron, why don't you come on up? We'll, we'll start with Aaron this morning. Good morning. Are we, are we allowed to have the lights a hair brighter by any chance? Is it allowed? If it's not, it's okay. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, my name is Aaron. I'm uh, grateful to get a chance to share a word uh, that's been on my heart with uh, with everyone here today. I've uh, I was I've been thinking about how the you know in the world today there's so many uh, different movements. You know, the uh, save the trees, save the turtles, save the environment, uh, and you know, uh, there's there's all these different things we're doing now that we never used to do. Um, you know, we, re- we recycle so much more than we did when I was a kid. We were using cardboard straws to drink our drinks instead of uh, plastic. You know, all these, all these different things we're doing now. And it, uh, I was thinking about how it, it's great that people get passionate about these things, these different uh, movements. Um, but one thing that's discouraging, I find, is how it seems that people are getting less and less passionate about other people. And, uh, and, and being community with other people. I saw on Facebook something the other day, and it said, uh, the more I get to know people, the more I want to spend time with my dog. And uh, I, I thought that was sad. Uh, you know, Jesus didn't uh, turn anybody away that I, that I could ever find in the Bible, and, and he was willing to serve all, all the time. Didn't matter who you were. But anyway, I, as I was thinking about uh, these different movements, I thought to myself, maybe if Christianity, maybe if uh, great, great Commission was given in this day and age, if this is when Jesus was here, maybe it, uh, you know, with our nowadays lingos, with our way of saying things, maybe it would have been called Save the Humans. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's my title today, Save the Humans. Uh, I've got a couple different uh, directions that I'm going to couple different paths I'm going to take and then I'm going to tie it together. So the first thing, the first thought that I want to go with today is uh, that words have power and they're meant to create life. So I'm going to go uh, just talk for a minute about at the beginning in Genesis 1. The whole world was created with words. Uh, God said in the beginning, let there be light. There was light. He said, uh, let there be land, there was land. Let there be animals, let there be, let there be who turned into man, Adam, and, and there he was. So it, it shows us right from the beginning that words have the power to create. Words have the power to build. Words have the power to take something that wasn't there and create something, and now it's there. You know, you can travel not too far to Waskasu, uh, Candle Lake, and see the beautiful scenery, the beautiful world that was created. That wasn't, that's not synthetic, that's not created by man, that was created by the Word of God. So after, after creation, we all know man sinned, sin came into the world, and, and now words, words aren't just being used to create life, in fact, words are being used more, more than not to... Uh, uh, create greed and hate, self-promotion, these kinds of things. And, uh, and God, God looked at it and, and said, this is no good. In fact, in Genesis 6, he says uh, it got so bad that he said that he was sorry he even made man and that every intention and thought of man's heart was only evil continually. So, other than knowing his family, he wiped them out. Fresh start. It didn't go any better, though. 
It didn't get any better. So we're gonna, I'm going to do a massive fast forward, thousands of years, and the Savior, Jesus, comes on the scene. I want to read uh, from John 1, 1 to 5, real quick. If you have your Bibles, you can follow, or I think the screen's going to have it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing that was, nothing was made that was made. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness could not comprehend it. Uh, the, the word that he's talking about here is Jesus. Okay? Just in case, uh, just for clarification, the word is Jesus. And it says that in him was life, and the life was the light of men. I'm also going to quickly read 1 John 1, 1 to 3. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, the life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you the eternal life which was with the Father, which was manifested to us. That which we have heard, which we... And we declare to you that we also have, may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. So we can see that the Word here is Jesus, and in 1 John, it even calls Him the Word of Life. This is so important, I think, because uh, one of the first thoughts that comes to my mind when I think about that, Jesus being the word of life, is, is you know, in, uh, in Romans 10, 9, and 10, it says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And then in Galatians 2.20, it says that uh, it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. This means that the word, the living word, lives inside of you, if you're a Christian, the same word that spoke creation into existence. It lives inside of you. And you have that power. Amen? So that's, that's my first line of thought. I'm going I'm to switch gears for just a minute and give you a second, and then I'm going to tie it up. Okay? The second thing that I want to talk about today, real quick, is, is servanthood. Jesus was the ultimate servant. If someone was sick, he healed them. If someone, uh, you know, when, when he was preaching and, and the people got hungry, he found some food, he multiplied it, he fed them. If people were hurting, he comforted them. When the children came to him, he blessed them. And then ultimately, he saw the great weight of sin upon all of humanity, and he gave his life. Sometimes it's easy to get looking at Jesus just as our king. Because it's, it's easy to want to look at him and see, you know, know that he's all-powerful, that he's, he's got all authority. But Jesus first came to earth to be a servant. It's, hard, it's not hard for me to comprehend that Jesus is more powerful than me. It's pretty easy. You just look at, just look at what he did. He overcame death in the grave. It's not, it's not hard for me to comprehend that he's wiser than me. You know, look at the parables he told can be hard to understand sometimes, even though he explains them. But, but what is, can be hard, humbling and hard to comprehend is, is that Jesus made himself 
lower than I have ever made myself. I've never laid down my, my life for somebody, uh, but he did. He laid it down for all of us. So I said my title today is to save the humans, and I've talked to you just a little bit about Jesus being the word of life, who if you're a Christian, that word is inside of you, and I've talked to you just a little bit now about how Jesus was the ultimate servant, and I'm going I'm to try and tie this up. I want to quickly read First uh, Peter 4, 8 and 10. It says, above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The, uh, I'm just going to read the last verse, verse 10 in the, in the ESV translation. It says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Now, there's lots of gifts. There's natural gifts that we are given. Uh, God gives us just natural gifts. There's spiritual gifts God gives. And you might feel like you have some natural gifts. Maybe you have a spiritual gift. Maybe you have some of both. But maybe you feel like you have none. Maybe you feel like you don't have a gift at all. Let me tell you that if, if you've accepted Jesus Christ, the word of life, the gift of the word of life is inside of you. Amen? Amen. And if you're taking Jesus, if you're walking with Jesus, that life is going to want to come out of you. Yes. (laughs) Quiet in here. (laughs) And you're going to want to share with both your fellow Christians and with, uh, you know, those who have not crossed the line of faith yet, those who are still searching, you're going to want to share that life. Uh, I must uh, admit that I'm not perfect. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm hoping I'm not the only one, but, but I don't always use my words to create life. I haven't always. I've, I've gossiped, I've criticized, I've uh, said things that, uh, that I shouldn't have said. And these things are easy to do, but they don't serve anyone. They're hurtful and they create negativity. You might say, Aaron, what, what would you say a word of life looks like? Because I'm confused. I don't, I don't quite know what you're talking about yet. So I just thought up a couple examples I'll give you real quick. Maybe, maybe you're talking to someone and they've had a, they're having a tough go. Life hasn't been easy for them. And, uh, you know, sometimes I think I've caught myself before just if somebody's, if you're in that position and you're listening and you kind of look at your watch and, Kind of, well, can we wrap this up? Can, I got to go. A word, word of life coming out of you would be listening to that person and then after, at the end taking the time to, to pray with that person and to listen to what they've said and, and find some way to encourage them through Christ in that. Another example would be maybe, maybe you're with your friends and, uh, and somebody's name comes up and, and they start, and they start down, downplaying that person. They start gossiping. Instead of, uh, instead of putting in your two cents, which would be easy, and it is easy, uh, you could say something more like, well, we don't, we don't know what that person's going through, we don't know their situation, and, and bring up something good about that person and try and change the conversation. 
And lastly, of course, we're always going to, sooner or later, we run into people who are at the end of their rope and they've got nowhere else to go. They've got no more, they've got no more answers. They've got no more questions. And we can give them the answer of Jesus and share Jesus and what he did on the cross. Amen? Amen. I'm just going to read a couple scriptures and wrap this up here. So I'm going to go to uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.11. I'm just going to read them real quick. Therefore comfort each other and edify one another just as you are doing. And then I'm going to read Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. I used to think that that, uh, that verse was just all about church attendance, <laughs> that that was the one verse in the Bible that kind of told you, well, you, you need to go to church every time the door is open. But I see now uh, that... Uh, the main point is to be just getting together, not necessarily at church, but to be getting together in your homes, going to, you know, that's, it's a great thing, the summer socials we're doing, it's a chance to get together, uh, and encourage one another, and even push each other to love deeper, and to be a servant more often than looking to be served. And in this way, church, you'll be laying down your own desires to serve one another with words of life. So in closing, remember that if you're a Christian, word of life lives inside of you. Jesus lives inside of you. Also remember that Jesus is our king, but first he was our servant and he has called us to serve others with the gifts that he has given. Jesus freely gave his life as a servant to humanity so that we could serve others with the life that he has given us. And in this way, we can help the hurting, give hope to the broken, insight to the confused, and through the life of Jesus, we can save the humans. Thank you, Aaron. That was really good. Good morning, everybody. So this morning, I'd like to tell you a story of something that happened to me, about a journey that God took me on. Just a sec here. So last October, we here at the church did a fast. And at that time, I was praying, and I was asking God for three things. I was asking him to show me my heart. I was asking him to help me to hear him more clear. And I was asking him to show me his love. Because I felt I didn't really know his love. I knew the Bible said that God loved me, but I, I didn't know his love. And so I heard that the most beautiful love story in the Bible was in Luke chapter 15. So one evening, I sat down with my Bible, and I was looking so forward to reading the story and just to feel God's love like a cozy, warm blanket around me. So I read the story. I read about it was a father who had two sons. There was an older son, and all I saw was he had a bad attitude, a very bad attitude. There was a younger son. He seemed so disrespectful 
acceptable to his father. He went to him and he asked for his inheritance. And he left home. And then he, he spent all his inheritance on sinful living. And then he came back home and asked his father to forgive him. And he threw him a party. And I didn't see love anywhere in that story. I, just, I couldn't believe it. I just felt no love at all. So the next day, I, I watched two videos about the, the prodigal son. And I still didn't see any love. And I thought, if everybody thinks this is a good love story, then there's got to be something wrong with me. So I decided to go keep going back into the prodigal son. I got a pen and a notebook, and I wrote. I would write my questions, my thoughts, and I would write down what I thought God was showing me. And that's where my journey began. When I would read about the older brother, all these emotions would come up inside of me. And I just, it was like, it was like I could identify with who he was and his character. And I believe God started to show me that I was just like him. And, and in the story, I, I just knew how he was feeling how he would look at his brother and he, he couldn't, he didn't love him. There was no love there. And I saw the younger brother as people who I would judge. Because I, God showed me what was in my heart. And it was ugly. And I didn't like who I was, what I saw. I, I would judge people. Because I, I wanted the father's love so bad I wanted his attention, and I believed because of lies that were implied, just lies I believed, I believed I had to be perfect. Even though I knew I wasn't, but I tried so hard. I had to live this perfect life so that I could get my father's love and attention. And I saw this brother who, who sure was not following my rules, so I judged him, and I saw him... I saw him leave the father. I saw him take money and go out and just live his life in a horrible way that I saw as very, very wrong. And then when he comes back, the father throws him a party, and I couldn't understand that. God showed me that I was jealous. I was jealous because this younger brother, he did things that I wouldn't even dare try to do because I was, he showed me I was in a cage. I had built myself a cage, and I was too scared to go out and try to do new things in case I made a mistake, because I couldn't make a mistake, because I had to be perfect. And I lived in my little cage. I judged. I was jealous. I was negative. I just wasn't happy in my cage. So when I saw this brother came home, and the father was throwing him a party, I could not go into that party. There was no way I was going to go celebrate this, this brother of mine. He seemed to get whatever he wanted. Like, he got what I missed. I longed for the father's love and attention. And I thought I could get it by being perfect. And here he was. He went out and did all these sinful things. And here he got the father's love and attention. And I just, I couldn't understand that. And when I saw that he was home from, and there was a party... I couldn't go in. And the father came and he stood there and he begged for me to come into the party. And I couldn't go. I just could not go. 
It was such a hard decision for me to try and go to the party. I was still in my cage. I felt safe in my cage. And I knew if I went into the party, I had to leave my cage. I felt if I left my cage that I was going to... I didn't know what was going to happen if I left my cage, but I knew if I stayed in there, I would die. And there was the father standing with outstretched arms. And I knew that I didn't have to go into the party all by myself. So I, I decided to get out of the cage. And I went to my father. I took his arm and we went into the party. And I thought once I got in the party that everything was going to be okay. I thought I finally made it. But when I got into the party, I still couldn't go to my brother. And the next morning in church, Pastor Megan, she taught on, on bitterness. And I realized I had bitterness in my heart. And I had to go to God and ask him to forgive me for bitterness. And I still couldn't go to my brother, and I didn't know what was wrong. So I took a piece of paper, and I wrote down what the things that we were similar. I saw how we were both sons. We both had a father who loved us. And we both, we both left the father. I, I had separated myself from the father um, with my rules and my regulations and my wrong thinking. And my younger brother, he left the father. He followed a dream. He followed something that he believed was where, where he would find satisfaction. So we both, we both had walked away from the father. And we both had to come back to the father and ask him for forgiveness. So when I started seeing my brother in a different, different eyes, that we were so similar, I could then go to my brother and I could ask him for forgiveness. And I could say, I'm proud of you. I missed you. I'm so glad you're home. Then I had to look at the father. When things in my heart were dealt with, then I could start seeing the Father's love. He started showing me how much He loved me and how special I was. I never saw that before. This one morning, God had been showing me His love. And He had showed me how my Father had loved me so much and that that's how He was. That He thought of me as special and that... that my relationship with, with him was really important. And I was getting ready for work one morning, and I was thinking of how much I had loved my father, my dad. He was such a wonderful man, and I loved him so much, and I could just feel all these emotions. And this memory came back to me. I was a child, and our family was driving in the car. I think it was when we didn't have any seatbelts. Because I stood up, and I just wanted to show my father how much I loved him. He was driving, and I put my hands over his eyes, and I said, guess who? And God didn't show me what else happened to the car. I don't remember. All I know is I just felt crushed. I felt so crushed, and all those motions came back like I was still that little girl in the car. And I just wanted to crawl in a hole and die. I felt so horrible. So I had to pull myself together and go to work. And the next few days... I would ask God to show me. Show me what that was about. And I just, I remember I felt so stupid. I felt so stupid. How could I do such a stupid thing? I was thinking about Peter in the Bible. 
People had come to Peter when Jesus had been crucified, and they said, you were his disciple, and he denied it. He said, no, no, don't know him. Jesus denied, or Peter denied Jesus three times, and he thought, Peter must have felt so stupid, just like me. And God said, Deanna, Jesus didn't stop loving Peter because what he did. He wasn't stupid. And he said, Deanna, you weren't stupid either. Your dad didn't stop loving you because you did that. And I didn't stop loving you either. don't know what to say next. God just really is so alive. There's a scripture in the Bible. It says, it's Hebrews 4.12. It says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. As I read God's word, it just came so alive to me. And God was able to show me what was in my heart. I couldn't see his love because of what I was looking through. I hated myself. So I couldn't couldn't begin to love the Father. And I didn't see how he could love me because I was so ugly inside. And once God showed me what was in my heart, and he helped me work through all was in there, because it was really ugly. And it was a hard process to go through, but it was so good. Every time I went to the Word, God met me there. He was with me all along the journey. And it's not over yet, that's for sure. But anyways, God is... I love God, and I know he loves me so much. Thank you. Wow, that was awesome. (laughs) Um, You know, it's so interesting for both of them. Last night, um, I was driving with Jared and Shaylee and Luke and Cheska, and I was telling them, I said, Aaron's preaching tomorrow, and and they're like, yeah, we know, and Jared's like, but Jared had the insider info on what Aaron was preaching on, and he's like, what do you think Aaron's preaching on? And we were all like, oh, relationships, people. And he was like, sort of, and then Jared told us to take notes. But listening to, to Aaron today, it's like, it's so who he is. And, and how God uses you to, to, to touch people's lives or to speak about people or to encourage the body and each of our gifts. And just that we don't have to be like everybody else. And then Deanna... You know, I have been and, and listened to her journey, and there's so much more. It's like God just opened up to her this story. And Deanna, like, how long have you been reading that story? So from October to July, she's read that story. I'm sure there's other scriptures, but every time that I met with her for the daycare and stuff, which we meet weekly, it was like, I've been reading the prodigal son and like, there's more, there's more. And God just began to deal with our heart. But what I love is that if you will go to him and say, search me, search my heart, 
God, do something in me. He will. He will. And so I just, I thank both of you so much. It was uh, wonderful. I, I need to talk real quick before we end today. And, you know, the, we've always say here at the church, your family, your family and you are. And we love you like that. And so I got to talk to you like family for a moment. And for those of you that are visiting, just hold on for two seconds. And, but as most of you know, there's probably been some articles that have come out. There hasn't probably been. There has been, and you've probably seen them. Um, and, we're, and we're not able to talk about it right now. Um, for legal purposes, we, we can't talk about it just yet. But what we wanted you to know as elders, that we're not hiding it, we're not trying to pretend like nothing's happened, but we are going to come and talk to you about it when we're able to and, and discuss it. But what I ask for you as family is that you begin to pray. Pray for everybody involved. You know, the Bible says that we, we've been given the ministry of reconciliation and, and the world today would tell you to cancel, to speak against. It's, that's the way of the world. And I ask you, don't, don't get involved in that. That's like Aaron was talking about today. We're going to minister to each other, encourage each other, speak life over each other. And as a family, you cover each other. And so I, I just wanted to tell you today is that soon we will be able to discuss it with you. But in the meantime, pray for us. Pray for your church family. Pray for everybody involved in it that healing would come that that you know God is the God that redeems there would be redemption healing and redemption would come and, and and that fruit would come from this that God would be glorified even greater in this that people's hearts wouldn't be turned away from the gospel or from relationship with God or from who he is, but that he would be seen and that he would be glorified and people's hearts wouldn't become hardened to him, but they would be turned towards him. Amen? Amen. So Father, we just pray right now. God, you love and you love so deeply. And you sit on your throne and you are in control of it all. And you see and you know and you hear. You are a God of justice. You're a God of mercy. And you're a God of compassion. And God, I just pray over this situation, over everybody involved, that healing would flow. God, that there would just be moments of even when people are alone or by themselves that your presence would just rush in 
be words in season. And that healing would come. And God, we know that you are the God who redeems. And we pray that, God. And God, that you would be seen and glorified. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys a lot. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, we don't want you to leave here without the opportunity of knowing him as your personal savior. He is our hope, our rock, our firm foundation. And when life is shaky or hard or good, he's, he's the anchor. He's the one that we get to hold on to. I know I've said it many times before, but I don't, I don't know where I'd be without him. He's the anchor for our souls. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.